The Keeping the Nostalgia Alive show is proudly brought to you by the Hoosier Basketball Academy. Want to improve your game and be an elite athlete? Hoosier Basketball Academy, located in the heart of Hoosier Hysteria, provides an excellent opportunity for student-athletes to improve their basketball skills. Their goal at Hoosier Basketball Academy is to provide an opportunity for young athletes to reach their full potential and allow them to compete at the highest level. Using their training model, they believe a solid foundation of fundamentals and muscle memory training is critical for the development of elite basketball players. This can only be achieved if you are mentally tough, have a strong work ethic, and are willing to sacrifice countless hours needed to be the best you can be. The Hoosier Basketball Academy offers high-intensity basketball training focusing on small groups and individual attention needed to improve your game, as well as specialized training and drills done at game speed to push you to your limits and improve overall physical conditioning. One of HBA's goals is to improve the skills and abilities of each player trained by focusing on ball handling, proper shooting mechanics, speed, agility, and footwork allowing you to take your game to the next level. This training is for players that are serious about improving their skills. Hard work pays off and gives you the competitive edge in practice that carries over to games against your biggest rivals. In addition to offering training, HBA fields highly competitive travel teams with many teams qualifying for nationals each year. Visit HBAElite.com for more info. Be elite and train to be the best. Welcome to the Keeping the Nostalgia Alive show, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I am your host, Billy Powell. Today we are joined by a Butler Bulldog great, Darren Fitzgerald. He was the first to score over 2,000 points for the school. He owned, and that was only with playing one season under the three-point rule. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he still owns the record for three-pointers made in an NCAA Division I season with 158, and he also had a career-high 54 points while at Butler, and also a really, really good Washington Continental. Darren, thank you for taking time out of your Sunday evening to spend a little time with us and helping keep the nostalgia alive. Are you welcome. Uh, Darren, tell us, when, what was your first introduction to basketball, and, and who did you look up to, or uh, when did you start playing, and where at? Well, I started playing basketball probably when I was about seven or eight years old. Uh, I was uh, also playing football at the time, so I didn't really make up my mind on which one I loved the best, but I did enjoy playing both of them. But um, no one really kind of pushed me or, or looked at, um, I never looked at anyone as being um, um, somewhat of an idol because I just wanted to be the best at, at what I did. And that was what I look at. Anything that I do, I always try to keep it my best. I just strive to do what I need to do to try to get in a position to one day just become someone famous. <laughs> and that's the whole thing of a kid's dream is always trying to make it to that, that top level, whether it's NBA or whether it's college or whatever level they set their mind to go to. Um, t well, tell us about your like your, your junior high school experience. Who were some of the players that you played with? What, what uh, I'm assuming that you went to an Indianapolis public school junior high. Um, in junior high, I played at um, Indianapolis Public School, uh, number 44. Um, some of the guys that I played with um, didn't go on. I can't remember any of them that, that really went on to play any college basketball, but I really enjoyed uh, playing 
uh, junior high basketball with at a 44. And then I really, um, like I said, enjoy playing against some of the guys that uh, the other schools were offering us. I mean, that we're, we're in our district complaint with. They um, went on to play high school ball, and I ended up playing against them in high school. So to see those guys again mature and grow and continue to play against them was really fun. Was Washington the high school that you were originally supposed to go to anyhow, or were you supposed to go uh, uh, to high school somewhere else besides Washington? No, I was originally supposed to go to Northwest High School. That's the high school that my both my sisters, my older sisters, went to. And then uh, either that or either Attic High School. I was I grown up over in that area, so. But uh, we were—I think that was the year that the schools were lottery or busted, and uh, I ended up going to Washington High School. Uh, now, tell us about getting into the high school game and your first uh, uh, your first experiences with the high school game, and of course under Coach uh, Basil Sofredo, correct? Yes. Uh, uh, my freshman year, I started off playing with the freshman team. Um, and we were undefeated during the regular season. I think we went 14 and 0. We had a great freshman team, and then we lost the first game of the city tournament. So we went through uh, beating everybody during the city a regular season. Then we lost the first game. I can't remember who. And then as I was walking off the court of that game, that's when uh, Coach Sprato approached me and um, told me to be in practice the next day. Uh, and that's when I dressed varsity, and then I ended up starting varsity. And, um, uh, taking our team as far as the regional final and where we were beat by Cathedral. So I started my freshman year uh, on varsity and, like I said, went through the sectionals and, and part of the regionals, and uh, we lost against Cathedral that year in the regional final. And, no, you, guys, oh, yeah, and you, you guys had a uh, nice supporting cast with you, too, also your freshman year, right? Yes, my freshman year contained a lot of great, you know, a lot of great players, including uh, Ricky Johnson, we went on to go to Illinois State, and John Sherman Williams went on to go to Indiana State. Do you guys think that possibly if you had got past Ripple in that regional game that you guys may have uh, put a state title uh, or put a championship ring on your finger? Yes, I think we had a very good chance of winning the state. With the lineup that we had, we had one of, uh, like, a college lineup. I mean, we had the size, we had the speed. I mean, we had a great team. It's just unfortunate that we didn't get past Bravo. But we were kind of... I mean, it was kind of easy to swallow once we found out to hit one in the state. So. Right. So did you guys have a lot of expectations that next year on uh, what you guys wanted to do record-wise and how far you wanted to go in the tournament? Well, we did set a few goals of trying to win the state, but um, unfortunately we didn't get, uh, I think, that year, my sophomore year, I think we didn't, I think Cathedral beat us that year, or I uh, can't remember exactly when it was, but um, we had some goals set, but we didn't get as far as we did as my freshman year because of most of the guys being seniors that year who left off that team that we were playing with. Darren, when you were in high school those first couple of years, what did you focus on on how to better your game, or how did you better your game? Because I know, you know, 5'9", 5'10"? Yeah, about 5'9". So my game basically was um, a facilitator. I was a point guard, and I facilitated, and that's one of the things that and the floor general, that was one of the things I took pride in, it, even as being a freshman and playing with the older guys. And I think that's what Coach Sofredo had seen me play and, and was very impressed with me as a freshman, how poised I was as a freshman and, and how controlled I was. And that's what led him to, for me, starting my freshman year on, on the varsity team. And um, just playing with older guys, I think that's what probably helped me in the neighborhood also. Um, 
far as me being able to uh, understand the game a little better at an early age. And uh, I knew what my position was on that team, and it wasn't scoring. It was facilitate, get the ball to the right people, and control and run the offense. Uh, pretty good vertical leap, by the way, too, if, I'm, if I don't, if, if I remember correctly. Thank you, Bart. A pretty good vertical lip, leap, also, if I uh, remember correctly. Yeah, that that came along with a lot of football and a lot of um, a lot of just natural athletic ability. And uh, I used to have, I think it was a forty-six inch vertical that I was tested at, at Butler with. So I don't know how long I've had that vertical leap, but I was always been able to get, you know, jump pretty high, and that was that helped me out also, because I jumped center in high school in my, in my senior year. Um, tell us, I mean, was, back in when you were in high school, was there a lot of uh, gym work and weights like there is now in today's game? No, there was nothing like they have now. These kids are very fortunate and should take advantage of it. Uh, we relied on just natural ability and, and doing our own little exercises, jump rope, uh, leg, you know, just uh, toe raises, just just natural things that we would do maybe in gym or or, or just on our own, and uh, that's all we relied on. And, you know, I think that these kids nowadays are very fortunate, and they should take advantage of it and just try to make the best out of it and increase their their chances of of doing and, and becoming a better player. Darren, when did you get on the scouting map? What, do you remember the first couple college that, colleges that uh, had interest in you coming to uh, play college ball with them? Yes, uh, I think my first letter might have came from the University of Michigan as a sophomore. Um, I think they have just heard of me. I don't think they really knew too much about me because once I sent in my um, back my resume as far as my height thing, I think that turned him away, and I think they recruited Antoine Jobert that year, if I'm not mistaken, but I think they were looking for a bigger point guard. They just might have just heard of me on word of mouth. But uh, that was probably my, my biggest um, college scholarship that I got. Uh, not scholarship, but letter that I got was from Michigan, University of Michigan. And then after my junior year, I got quite a few letters coming in as we, you know, progress is, you know, going into the sectionals and the regionals, and that helped me, and then my senior year was the majority of the letters coming. And is there one particular – I'm going to go back to the high school days here in just a minute, but is there one particular uh, uh, instance where you may have been – you may have played for this specific college rather than going to Butler University? Yes, uh, I was looking more towards Rice University in Texas and um, Western Illinois and then uh, in the Air Force. The Air Force is really pushing – for me to come there, but I didn't, you know, have any leadership or any information about the Air Force, and probably if I had to do it all over again, that would probably be the number one thing that I would probably play for with, with the Air Force. Well, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken, I think Carl Daniels, who played for Cathedral, ended up going to Rice, right? Yeah, Carl Daniels went to Rice University yeah. down in Texas, yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, you getting, you know, your high school game. Where were some of the toughest places to play? Uh, some of the toughest places to play, I would say the entire city. To be honest, the city was real strong. Um, but my remembrance of the toughest place probably would be Broad Ripple. They always, Broad Ripple or Arlington, those two teams are always tough. And we've always had good rival games against those guys, and they were tough places to play. 
You know, it's funny that you say that because uh, I've been doing the show now for a little bit over a year, and I also do another show for Keeping the Nostalgia Alive. Podbean. And I think that uh, every guest that I've had, I think I've had them verbally say the words "broader for," and I and that's just my my cue card. I love it. Yeah, it really was a tough play. I don't know if it was because it was the atmosphere or the the, the band. I mean, they just had everything that was that was um, pretty intimidating when you walk in, and the colors were like a bold orange and black. It was like, but I mean, it was always a tough place to play. Probably. Uh, well, it was a cracker box too, and so small. And, and yeah, it was real York. close. Yeah, yes. like I said, and, and, and be right on top of each other, and and. and you know, it, it always made it kind of uncomfortable. You know, people right there, you know, when you, you take the ball out, your, your fans are right there, right behind you on the heels. You hear all the chitter-chatting, you know, everything going on. Darren, did you do any AAU ball? Not not a whole lot. It wasn't as, as popular as it was now. I did play a little AAU ball and um, with, um, with the Municipal Garden team. Which uh, consisted of me, Scott Hicks, and uh, Scott Fab, who played at Cathedral, and some other players. Those were two of the players that I can remember on the AAU team that we had. It was a pretty good team. We ended up winning, I think, an AAU uh, uh, who was coached by, uh, I think, uh, Red Taylor was our coach back then. Any thoughts or any comments on Coach Red Taylor? Uh, Red, Red Taylor, oh, yeah, he was a great, great coach as well as a person and always very, very informational, very uh, informative. You know, he was always stay close to, even if we, in our college days, we've seen Red, very respectful man, and I had a lot of respect for Red Taylor. He uh, really knew the game, and he really let you play your game, and just uh, helped me grow as a person and, and as a man, and I really do respect him, and I was uh Kind of said, I think I think he passed here soon, uh, not too long ago. Oh no, no, he's Sorry. he's 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 still he's still with us. Oh, is he okay? Yeah. I, I thought that he passed. See what you need to do, Darren. You need to get yourself on Facebook like the rest of us, buddy. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of a I'm kind of a personal uh, kind of a personal person. I don't and in a lot of times that Facebook is misused, and I don't want it. Well, I, I I totally agree with you, but it's been it's been fantastic with you know keeping the nostalgia alive and and talking to a lot of uh, you know basketball legends. So, but but I, I I totally understand and agree with you. It does. Right. But I still I mean I see a lot of people. I mean like when I go to games and I still try to go to some of the high school games and see some of my buddies' sons and play. I used to see a lot of uh, a lot of people you know that I haven't seen here. Matter of fact, that's where I saw Red Taylor uh, the last time that I seen him, which was a few years ago, and that's why uh, I didn't think I thought that he wasn't, you know, doing too well. But I'm thinking I'm mistaken. But it was at the Pike game that I saw him. And uh, matter of fact, he's with his son and his daughter. I saw him, so that was the last time I saw him. But I didn't know he was still doing okay. Darren, Darren, who did you who did you hate to lose to when you were at Washington? Hated to lose. To Cathedral because I was recruited by Cathedral for football and he played, and I didn't go to Cathedral. There, I was going to be a loner over there, and I turned it down. And so then I ended up seeing that all the guys that uh, played 
he's great with, with some of the guys like Scott Higgs and Scott Babb and Kenny Barlow and, and some of those guys were over there at Cathedral, and I really missed that opportunity to go to Cathedral. So I really didn't, didn't hate it, but I hate that I missed that opportunity. Man, I'll tell you what, seeing seeing you and Scotty Hicks and Kenny Barlow, oh my gosh, that would have been, uh, you guys would have been unstoppable. And right, and that's, that's what I think I, I kind of regret, of, you know, keeping myself because uh, I didn't take that football scholarship and then turn it into a basketball scholarship also. My basketball opportunity. Well, your, your senior year at uh, Washington High School, you guys really didn't have the horses. Was it a disappointment to you on how the uh, the senior uh, your senior season and who you had surrounding you, uh, how the season ended, or were you you know were you okay with that, or do you, you feel like it should have turned out better? I mean, I was okay with it, but um, I did. I was kind of upset on how some of the players that I started off with on a freshman team didn't progress or didn't grow to become mature enough for us to go any further, if that makes any sense. And, you know, when we became seniors, it was the same freshman team that we had. Basically, we were freshmen, but a lot of guys didn't take it serious enough, and, and I thought we, we could have went further. But Rebuff had a great team that year. See, we didn't play Rebuff uh, um, during, the, during the regular season. And Rebuff had Jeff Moe and those games, John Charleston and uh, Pete Adams. Okay, so they had a great team. I think they came out of that that St. David sectional day here. At what point did you uh, decide that, you know, tell us about the recruiting process with Butler University and, of course, I think uh, Joe Sexton, correct? Yes. Well, actually, Rick Sexton was the one who recruited me. And he only recruited me by watching me play in the section of the David section. He recruited me all three games. The three games we had against Ritter. Uh, first game, I had 28, I think, against Ritter. I had 30 against Ben Davis, and I had 32 against uh, Verbuff. Those were the only three games that Rick Sexton had recruited me off of. And um, I guess he had went back and told his dad about me, and his dad thought I was too short. So Coach Sexton thought I was too short, but Rick Sexton, his son was the one who, who kept convincing him that I would be able to play and start as, as a uh, guard for Butler University. Darren, I know you were first team all city in Indianapolis. Did, did you feel slighted or feel ignored, or was it upsetting that you didn't make the Indiana All Star squad? Yeah, I really did because I thought that I did enough, but I, I, I understood. At that time, they were only taking two city players at that time, and I knew it was all politics, and they. I think it was only Scott Hicks and Jerome Brewer that came out of the city that year, which I think they overlooked a lot. But uh, I felt pretty good once I saw those guys and how they told me that I should have been on the team and none of those guys did check. You know, they, they really... There's a lot of politics behind it. So it really didn't bother me because I knew that I did all that I can do and it wasn't in my hands. You know, it's interesting, some of the posts I do on the uh, Indiana Basketball Memories website page on Facebook that, you know, uh, you, you were robbed is, is basically what um, a lot of the comments are. And, and I just think yeah. it was a, uh, you know, and, and you, you are correct with the political, uh, all politics thing. Right. And so I, I, it was more easy for me to swallow. Like I said, once you, once you know deep down inside that you've done all that you can do, and it's up to someone else to make that decision and they don't make the decision that you want them to make, then it's easier for me to accept it because I know 
at least that I've done all I could do. And it had to be something else that someone else decided that I wasn't good enough to make it or good enough to make that team or whatever. But I'm glad to hear that a lot of people that I that saw me play really felt that I should have made it. Oh, and and the neat thing with me is um, actually I saw you play since you were a, a freshman at Washington, and and I agree with that also. Tell us a little bit about you know at what point at, in high school did you make and did you sign with Butler University, and and why did you play uh, sign with Butler University? Okay, I I made the decision probably right after I came back from an AAU tournament in Pennsylvania, and I sat down and talked with my mom. Dad and and you know the advantages and disadvantages of staying in uh in the city and not being not living that far away from Butler and that was a key thing because uh I was real close to my parents and my family so I I wanted to make that decision my mom wanted me to make that decision to stay close so she could watch me play every game and then I had a son at his at at seventeen and I wanted to be around him also so. I just had a lot of advantages and things that I was looking at that were, that could really benefit me staying in town and playing for Butler University and the education that I would get from Butler also. Um, tell us a little bit about your freshman year. You, you get on campus. You know, what was the biggest difference between, you know, uh, you beginning the college game against the high school game? Well, the the, the floor, for one, how long <laughs> the length of the college floor as opposed to the high school floor, and then the, the, the pace of the game. And um, like I said, competition didn't really bother me because I've always been competitive, you know, whether it's, I don't look at, at at a person as being intimidating. I look at that, that person as being a, a man just like I am, you know, who does everything just like I do. So it was, it was very challenging my freshman year to try to go out and become a starter, and that's what I set my goal to do, and that's what I achieved. Uh, you know, you played a lot already on that Hinkle floor with the outstanding Washington teams that you played with. But did you feel like the floor gave you a little extra hot, uh, extra uh, jump on your jump? Did you did you find dead spots on that floor? How did how, tell us a little bit about the at playing at Butler and on that Hinkle Fieldhouse floor? Well, it's always been a hysterical floor. So you know, I've always loved playing. When we reached the regional finals, like I said. It was a great floor, and it did have a lot of dead spots, but it was a great floor to play on it. And once I learned the entire floor, then I knew where a lot of those spots were. But um, it wasn't any different than playing on any, any other floor. It's just that I really enjoyed playing in front of my friends and family more so as opposed to going to another college or another city or state and not knowing uh, what to expect if I had a bad game. And that, that, was, that was very important to me. To, to know that I would still um, be accepted and be encouraged uh, by the fans and my family if I had a bad game. That makes it easier because people already know who you are. And Darren, tell us a little bit about your progress in uh, becoming a starter your freshman year. Well, I mean, I just worked hard. I mean, I, I went through a lot of things on my own afterwards. I was do extra shooting. I would uh, do extra drills on my own after practice, and you know, spend extra time in the gym. And then also, uh, I just wanted to to become a man. Like I said, I was so competitive at, at playing basketball that because I wanted to prove to a lot of people who said that I was too short to play from the jump. 
So that was my entire thing. It always stuck in my mind, stuck in the back of my mind. So I always felt like I always had to prove myself because of my height. So, but like, you know, if you look down deep down inside me, it's my heart that was I always looked at that was that was very you know the strongest thing in me was my heart. So I had a big heart and I didn't back down from anybody. So I was very competitive. So the first day of practice. You know, I came out and I looked at like I'm going. This is going to be my team. I'm going to run this team. And I'm going to give it my all, and that's what happened. And it turned out to be a, a great season for me. And starting out, you know, and again, Indy. That's all. Tell us about who who else was in your uh, recruiting class that started your freshman year, or that uh, was on the team your freshman year. Uh, Chad Tucker uh, was uh, probably the closest person that. It, we became close friends. I helped recruit Chad when he was at Cloverdale. Saw him down in Pennsylvania at the AU tournament. You know, Rick Rick had called me that that weekend, asked me who I was there, and I was telling about Chad. And uh, Chad hadn't signed with anybody, so I was kind of, you know, so you know, asking if he want, you know, he should go to public with me, you know, but you know, that he would think about it. Cause Chad was very quiet, didn't talk a lot, but um, I got him to talk <laughs> more so than anybody, and. Um, he was probably the main person that I enjoyed playing with that year as a freshman and the rest of the year. What kind of season did you guys have your freshman year? We had a mediocre season. Uh, the conference was real tough. Uh, and like I said, making that adjustment as coming out of high school and being the star and then just being a, a part of a team that was uh, mediocre that year was, was kind of different. But, you know, you played your role. And just learning the college game was, was, was what we needed to do our freshman year. And then we tried to take goals our sophomore year. And uh, like I said, but the conference was so tough and strong at that time that uh, we had all type of players in that conference that were real good. And uh, we just, you know, did, did what we had to do, but it wasn't enough each year. <laughs> get out of that conference to make any of the tournament, NCAA tournament. Did your freshman year, uh, do you remember, and can you tell us, you know, it, it's okay to be egotistical because this is what this is all about. Can you tell us, you know, what what was your breakout game? My freshman year? Wow. In college, I don't remember specifically which, which game it was. I, I don't know if it was. I can't remember. That's, it's been a while. Like I said, I I mean, I get some of those years mixed up with some of the games, and I can't really remember. I know my biggest game at, at Butler, there are two games that I really remember. That was against IU and against Notre Dame. I always wanted to, uh, you know, play against some guys anyway. And we ended up beating Notre Dame at, at Hinkle. I can't remember if it was my freshman year or sophomore year, but we beat them. And then uh, we went to the, uh, NIT to play IU my junior year. Uh, they beat us, but that was a very good uh, experience for me. So and I always loved playing Indiana State because that was a school that I wanted to go to because of John Sherman Williams. Let me go back because that was a school that John Sherman Williams went with went to, and we were very close friends at at uh, Washington High School. And so, but Shell House was the coach, and he thought I was too small. But then he goes and recruits a guy, a guard out of Chicago, I think. Uh, I can't remember the guard, but he was only 5'9". So he went and recruited. And then uh, I think that kind of upset John Sherman Williams because you know, we, we could have done, I thought, some great things in the United States playing together also. 
And I would agree that, you know, I've chatted with Coach Shellhouse, and uh, I think he would probably agree with that that, that was a, a mistake that he made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, because I always had good games against Indiana State, <laughs> and probably because they didn't recruit me. I think that that was like a personal thing, thing instead of just, uh, just playing. It was more personal when I played against Indiana State, just to prove to him that uh, you should recruit me. Now, it was probably pretty special too. I, I, I'm imagine that you beat that uh, Notre Dame team with Scotty Hicks and the Rivers. Yeah, they had yes. the Rivers also, who was pretty good guard. That what kind of what, what kind of game did you have against Indiana University in that NIT? I had, a, I had a real good game. We didn't have any three pointers back then, but I think I ended up with 22 points, and uh, I had had Bobby Knight kind of uh, kicked off because. Um, None of the guys could, well, was asking them if any of the guys could check me. That was with Stu Robinson and Delray Brooks. And we were just outside at that time. Uh, you know, they had the way Blob, who was seven foot, and that made a big difference. And, you know, Steve was a great shooter, but uh, we were competitive. But we, with them having a home court advantage, they, uh, I think they ended up beating us by 20, I think. I can't, can't remember, but thought I was pretty close. But I had a pretty good game against them. And just wanted to. You know, you always want to prove to yourself that you can play against these guys that you always see on TV. That you, that we didn't get a lot of exposure, as opposed to Butler getting exposure now. And um, so, you know, locally, uh, people might have known you, but nationally, you wouldn't know that well. Tell us a little about the coaches in your life. Tell us a little bit about uh, what Basil Sofredo brought to the table, and also what your best memories of both Coach Sofredo and Coach Sexton are. Okay, and well, I want to name another coach that you probably didn't know about, and that was my freshman coach. His name was Carl Short. He was probably the best motivator and the best um, instrumental coach that I had in the, the years after my uh, freshman year at Washington High School, going all the way up to my college days, Carl Short who was a, a very good player in his day. I think he played at Manual High School. But he he would always um, get the best out of his players, and he was a very good coach. And he let me be, become a player that sometimes I didn't know I was. That I didn't see at an early age because he knew the game so well. Now, when, when Fredo was my coach also, he gave me a lot of freedom also, but he didn't he didn't let me do the things that I, I thought that I could do because of maybe my age. I think by me being a freshman and, and running that, that, that team, I think he held me back a little more. And then when I became a uh, player at Butler, I think Joe Sexton did the same thing as Fredo Sofredo with them having uh, seniors and juniors who were uh, – more scores. I, I thought I could have done a little more scoring, but I, I didn't. I didn't shoot as much or become a better scorer until after my junior and senior year at both schools. Probably. Now, were you chomping at the bit, or were you just just bubbling with joy on when you found out there was going to be a three pointer in college basketball? <laughs> and I was going bananas because I knew that was an advantage for me, and. uh Soon as I heard that they were going to implement the, the three-point line, I went out and I shot 1,500 threes at a park. 
And I told myself that this is something I'm going to use to my advantage. Now, I had a friend who told me that I would leave the nation in three points, and I blew it off. Someone actually told me that. Now, this person, Kevin Merriweather is his name, and uh, he uh, he told me that I would become, uh, I would leave the nation in three points. And I said, there's no way. You know, I didn't think I, I would, but I knew I would have an advantage to a lot of things because that was something that I, somewhere where I've always shot anyway, it was 1990. You know, that wasn't a big issue for me to shoot that far out because I've, I've been shooting that far out prior to the line. Now, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, there was one, uh, your senior year, you actually shot and made more threes than 270 out of 290 Division One schools, right? Right. I mean, that's what that's what I heard. And like I said, I didn't actually go out to try to make or, or do any records or try to set any records. I wanted to just win, and I did whatever it took for my team to win. If I had to score, I tried to score. If I had to be an assist person, I tried to do that. I mean, winning was the, the key to me, and, and a lot of things that came along with that, I really appreciate. But I wanted to win more so than anything. I was so competitive, it was unbelievable. Tell us about that 50-point outburst against Detroit. Were you just on fire? Was the basket just a, uh, an open water or what? Yeah, that was the night that, um, I mean, I start off, I mean, I start off cold. I mean, the ball was hitting around. I mean, they were in and out shots. And the second half, I just caught fire. I, I try to adjust things that I know that I'm doing wrong. And some things that I didn't notice that I was doing wrong. I said, well, I'm shooting the same way. You know, my, my elbow straight. I'm getting good lift. I mean, I just, you know, basically went into the locker room at halftime and just thought about every shot that, that was in and out. What, what was I doing wrong? But I couldn't figure out anything I was doing wrong, so I just kept shooting it the same way. And unfortunately, I got hot and stayed hot. And it was just a night to remember. And even after the game, I was still ready to play. I mean, I was not – the adrenaline was so high that, I mean, I could have probably played another two or three games and not even been tired. I mean. That's how uh, amazing that night was for me also. I don't think I went to sleep till about 4 that morning. Yes, I think it is, yes. Well, um, me and Chad were very close, and um, it really touched me in a way that uh, I never told anyone, I never expressed anyone how I felt about it because at, at one point I felt that I could have reached out to him if I had a new situation. And sometimes you, you don't realize uh, what a person's going through until after everything is happening. You try to look back and say, what could I have done? And, you know, sometimes you, you take blame for it. And, and, and I said, Dad, you know, I told his dad about what I was, you know, thinking about how things were going. He said that, you know, it made me feel comfortable that it was something that Chad chose to do, and I don't, you don't think nobody could have changed his mind. So, but I, you still have to live with that, not knowing that you didn't have the opportunity to reach out and say anything prior to what uh, he was going through. So, I, it really touched me for a long time, and uh, I really do miss him. You know, I wish I could have stayed in touch with him a little more. But like I said, I, I moved. I think he moved out of the state first with a job or uh, playing basketball. 
and then when he came back, I think I was on move move out with my job. So we never really kept in contact, and that's another thing that I wish I would have done. Also. Once again, I thought that I did all I could do through the next level, which was the NBA, or at least get drafted. Well, no one, you know, rang the phone, and so I did have a. I went out to California to play in a uh, uh, pro, uh, summer pro league out there, and I averaged 28 uh, points a game out there, which I thought I did real well out there. Also playing against some of the other guys who hadn't got drafted, and some of the players who had got drafted. Matter of fact, you know. Some of the NBA teams out there, Atlanta Hawks was out there, and I think Seattle Supersonics coach Bernie Biggerstaff was out there, who I didn't know, but I went to grade school with his daughter. He and I were talking, and he was very impressed with me, but he had a bunch of guys under contract, a bunch of guards that were under contract, and that's the whole thing about the NBA. When you have players under contract, and even if you see someone at a camp like that, it'd be very hard to find them. Uh, and so I did have some overseas offers that worked, um, as much as I thought they were, and I and I just decided to come back home and start working and take care of my son. He's 33 now. <laughs> yes, I have six grandchildren. I have four girls and two boys. Yeah, I have four boys, and and all of them have kids. My oldest has three, and then uh, the other three have three. I have one of uh, one of these big grandkids. Well, I started off working at Chrysler, uh, and I worked there for 19 years. Took the buyout in um, 2009 to move back home, and then I've been at Allison Transmission ever since then. So. I just kind of stayed in the automotive industry, and um, it's really been beneficial and really been a blessing to be able to uh, work and be financially uh, secured and feel secured about it. So, I mean, I, I don't regret anything that I've done or the opportunities that I've had. I really am enjoying myself these last few years and just happily married and just living, living my life. No, I just really appreciate it, uh, the opportunity to hopefully reach out and um, help, help help someone who's trying to uh, live their dream through playing basketball who doesn't think that um, that they're going to make it or, or for some other reason or whatever. Just keep playing and keep, keep trying hard and always do your best. And, and, and it's been beneficial. I've got a lot of benefits. Got to meet a lot of people. Got to go a lot of places and. It does, but, you know, if, if things don't work out, don't get upset with yourself and don't be down on yourself because sometimes the, the, the choice is not yours when, when you need to go to the next level. So just uh, keep moving and keep your head up and keep your education. Make sure you have a strong education and a background. Always have a plan B if plan A doesn't work. Mm-hmm. 
And I really, I really thank you because you never know who you touch when you're playing basketball. Like I said, it's, it's a, I really got to meet a lot of special people, a lot of important people who you don't realize who you touch. And that, that, that meant more to me than anything to, to realize that I have touched someone, you know, in their life in, in, a, in a way without me even knowing them sometimes. And it, it, it really is it's a great feeling to know that. And I really appreciate you. Any basketball player I've ever seen, you have, a, you just walk so smooth, you're not in a hurry. You know, like the first time I met you in the mall, you're just like Joe Cool walking through. That's the most fabulous thing. And do you still play ball today? Yes. And you know what's funny because that's what my supervisor says at work. He said, You're not in a hurry to get anywhere. And he, that's what they talk about. That's why I'm laughing so hard because they talk about my walk. I've never been in a rush. And Joe Sexton used to say, you walk so slow, but you're the fastest guy on the court, but you walk so slow. I just told him I'm never in a hurry because I know exactly where I'm going, and I, I, give, my time, I give myself ample time to get here. So that's why I walk like I walk, but I don't do it intentionally. That's just the way I am. I've always been like that. My walk has never changed, and, and that's what's funny. That's why I was laughing so hard because my supervisor has told me the same thing about me walking. And then also, yes, I'm playing in a 40 and over league. It's up at Washington Park, which I'm playing with some guys that um that uh that you probably are aware of, you know, I'm on the team with uh, me and Ron Rutland who played at Indiana Central, played at Pine High School, I'm playing with Chandler Thompson, who played uh at Ball State, Roy Harrison who played at Purdue, uh Jamal Meeks who played at IU. We have a great team and, and uh we, we all play together and we, we you know, we play well together. We don't try to Live on, live out on our dreams. We, you know, we win a lot. Of, we win a lot of leagues in the tournaments, and, and that's what I enjoy doing. It's just, you know, enjoying the game of basketball still at a, at a good pace for my age because I just turned fifty last month, and so I feel pretty good. But I'm still playing at a high level to where I'm satisfied with it. Well, Darren, I appreciate your time. Uh, it's been fabulous, and thank you for helping us uh, to keep the nostalgia alive. Oh, anytime, Billy. I mean, just give me a call if you just want to holler at me. I'm just that type of guy, man. It don't even have to be about basketball because I enjoy people anyway. I'm a people person. I just enjoy talking.